Well, good morning again. Great to see everybody here. Uh, I know we've got a big crowd here because it's one service combined. So if you've never been to Connects before and it's your very first time here, a very warm welcome to you. Happy Father's Day if you're a dad. Uh, my name's Dave. I'm the lead pastor and I'm thrilled that you've chosen to come and spend the morning with us. Um, we are celebrating dads today and uh, immediately following service, we have food for you all. I hope you can stick around and uh, enjoy some good food, maybe get to know some people you've not got to meet before, maybe connect with some people who normally come to second service or first service and you didn't realize they came to connect. So uh, just a great day to connect. But uh, before we get started, I want to just pause and uh, say a prayer so we are celebrating dads today. Dads are awesome, but I, I am very aware of the fact that um, I'm sure for some of us here, Father's Day, uh, despite being a great day, it may be a day that brings up some, some memories, maybe some pain of a situation, maybe uh, your situation growing up, dad wasn't great, maybe dad's not in the picture right now. Uh, maybe this is the first year of Father's Day and dad's not around. Uh, I, there are, there's many different things. I know dads who have suffered loss in their lives. And I know that days like today can kind of bring some of that pain to the service. So I want to just pause for a moment and pray uh, for any of you who are in that situation. So Father, we really do come to you this morning as our Heavenly Father. Lord, so often through the Bible, you are uh, referred to as Father God. And we want to thank you this morning, Lord, that when it comes to fathers, Lord, you, you truly are the, the perfect example, Lord. You love us completely, Lord. You will never leave us or forsake us. You love us unconditionally. And I know, Lord, that there may be some here this morning that that wasn't their experience um, of fatherhood. Maybe there are some uh, that for today is a, a difficult day because fatherhood brings back memories of uh, maybe a loss of their own in their own life. So, Lord, whoever's here, if there's anyone here today, Lord, and it's a, it's a challenging day for them on Father's Day, just let them experience your father's uh, love and touch in their lives today, Lord. Just fill them with your goodness and your kindness and your love. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I wanted to start off this morning with a little um, uh, kind of experiment here that will tie in with what I'm going to be speaking on. So if you have a phone, you're allowed to get it out at this point, uh, for those who haven't already got it out and are checking Facebook as I speak. Um, get your phone out, open the, uh, the clock app or whatever it happens to be called on your particular phone, um, and you're going to go to the timer. If you have an iPhone, uh, you're going to go to the timer on your clock app, and you're going to set it for 24 hours. Now, if you do have an iPhone, the most you can do is 23 hours and 59 seconds, okay? It doesn't actually let you do, oh, sorry, 23 hours and 59 minutes. It won't let you go to the full 24. So go to 23 hours, 59 minutes. So if you have your phones, get that all set. We're going to join in here on the screen. We are also going to set a timer here for 23 hours and 59 minutes. And uh, hopefully you're all technology savvy enough to have got there by now. So we're going to count down and we're going to hit start together for the next 24-hour countdown. So on your marks, get set, start. All right, there's mine counting down. There's our one up on the screen there. So um, I want to do this because I want to talk about time this morning, okay? Now, you haven't got to monitor that. You can put it back in your pocket. It'll keep running while, it's, uh, while, while the service continues. But we're going to talk about time because I don't know if you know this, but um, I was going to do a little experiment this morning to measure the speed of time because um, time actually uh, runs at different speeds depending on the case. Did you know that? 
I know there's some of you sciencey folks here who are like, no, Dave, time is constant. It's the same everywhere. No, it's not true. Time actually does change speed depending on where you're at. Um, for example, when I was in high school, uh, we had these things called Saturday morning detentions. Saturday morning detentions were from nine till noon. And uh, if you got in trouble, you got a Saturday morning detention. And I kid you not, what you had to do for a Saturday morning detention was come to the school. And from nine till noon, you had to sit at a desk in a classroom and do nothing. Seriously, they do nothing. You had to sit there from nine till noon. I mean, that's, that's what I was told by the kids who were in the detentions. Well, if I'm honest, I may have sat in one or nine of my own. And um, I can tell you that sitting there from nine till noon doing nothing, you'd think it would take three hours. No, it took about seven hours. That's how long. I would look at the clock on the wall and it was like slow motion. It's like, how is this time taking so long? And then to flip that, a few years ago as a family, we got to travel, we went on vacation, and we visited Disney World. And we had a brilliant time. It was a great vacation. We got up early. We were there when the park opened, when the rope dropped. We were first in to ride the rides. And we had probably 12 hours in the park that day. But you know what? It felt like six. It just, this went by so quickly. The time just flew by that day because we were having such fun. Now the 20-hour van rides, with three kids in the van to get there, that took a lot longer. That took about seven weeks, it felt like, okay? But the point I'm making is that time, it is constant, okay? Time never changes. But have you ever noticed how time seems to change depending on what you're doing with that time? So this, this countdown that we've set, okay, we can't change how long that time will take, but we can be intentional about what we're going to do in that time. We can be intentional and say, well, I want to make sure I make the most of that time. That time may seem like it's going to fly by because I'm really going to be intentional about doing some things that I'm really going to enjoy doing. So I want you to think about that. Keep these timers running because for the next 23 hours and 56 minutes, you get to choose what you're going to do with that time. Now, that's not entirely true. You're not going to get to choose what you do with your time um, initially because you're stuck here listening to me. Uh, but for the remaining 19 hours, you will get to choose. <laughs> Just kidding. I'll have you out of here in less than four hours. But I know there's at least one person here who will come up to me over lunch and say, Dave, even though it's 30 minutes, it still felt like four hours this morning. So I'll just make that joke now. We're wrapping up a series this morning called Love Does, and we've been talking about this idea that um, love is an amazing thing. And, and as followers of Jesus, those of us who are here this morning as followers of Jesus, we, we can look to God as our example of love. Because not only does God demonstrate love and not only does God teach on love, uh, we can read in 1 John 4 verse 8 that God is love. That if you want to look to see just the definition of what love is, what love looks like, the Bible says that God is love. And for us, that might kind of seem a little bit kind of theoretical. It's like, okay, well, that's good, but how does that apply in my life? Well, the great news is that he didn't just um, say, I am love. He then demonstrated love by sending Jesus. So we get to see that love of God lived out in the life of Jesus. As we read about Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we get to see that love is active and intentional. And there are these tangible ways that we get to see love in action because Jesus modeled what love does. From his closest friends to the, the masses who followed him, we get to see in the life of Jesus 
an active demonstration of what love does. And we've been talking about that over the last few weeks. The different ways in which Jesus demonstrated his love. And this morning, we're going to wrap up this series. We're going to finish by, by realizing that Jesus didn't just demonstrate love in the way he spoke, in the way he served, the way he connected with others, the way he embraced. But Jesus intentionally in his life took time for others. We're going to learn that love takes time. Because we've talked about it, haven't we? The, this, this commodity of time that we all have, for some of us, it just seems to go by so quickly. Maybe you've used a phrase like this, that time is slipping away, the time went so fast, time really flies. I want to think especially of the dads in the room this morning. I think this message will apply to all of us, but especially to you dads here uh, in the room this morning, because we have this commodity, time, and, and what are we going to do with this time? A few years ago at Connect, we did a series and we were talking about parenting and some of the challenges that we as parents face. And we had this illustration where this big jar of marbles and we had them on the stage and we talked about these marbles and there were 936 marbles in this jar. And the 936 marbles, they represented the 936 weeks that we have from, from birth of our child right through to the, the day that that child graduates high school and goes on to college. It was kind of an approximate number, but it's about 936 weeks. And we challenged you to, to fill a jar with that many marbles and, and to take one out every week of your child's life just to kind of demonstrate them disappearing. I know. There was another illustration we could have used. It involved a dagger and your heart because that's basically how it felt as you watched the marbles slowly disappear. My wife and I, we, we've literally come to the end of one of our jars of marbles. Our son, our oldest son, Ben, he just graduated high school and, and is heading off to college in the fall. And I can honestly say that the time went so fast. The time went by so fast. So how can we be intentional with this time that we've got? What can we do to prioritize the things that matter in our life? Because love takes time. Andy talked about this a few weeks ago. He, he talked on the subject of, of love connecting. Talked about being intentional with the relationships in our lives. And I want to kind of wrap up the series this morning by showing how we can be intentional by taking time. Jesus is a great example of this. He, he lived for 33 years. We get to read of three years of his life and the ministry. And in that time, he was very intentional about the, um, the impact he had on people. There was one situation when Jesus was on his way to the side of a dying girl, surrounded by a large crowd of people. And you may be familiar with the story, but a lady who'd been suffering with a, um, a, a, an internal bleeding condition for a long time. She knew Jesus could heal and she knew he was busy. So she just reached out to touch his cloak, believing that just touching the cloak of Jesus would bring her the healing she so desperately wanted. In the middle of that crowd, on a mission to meet with this family whose girl was dying, Jesus stopped and he took time for that lady. He said, who touched me? Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. When Jesus felt her reaching out in desperation, he stopped. He stopped long enough to hear her story and he stopped long enough to heal her. There was another moment where he was walking towards Jerusalem. This was near the very end of his ministry. I mean, everything was coming to an end. There was a blind man by the side of the street crying out for help, crying out that Jesus would stop. And, and people in the crowd were trying to hush this guy, saying, leave him alone. He's, he's got to get to Jerusalem. He's a busy person. But we learned that Jesus took time 
to stop and interact with this blind man. He says, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. We could go on and on with example after example. Maybe you remember the time that Jesus was visiting with two sisters one day, Mary and Martha, and Martha was busy around the house and getting the house ready for a meal and cleaning and cooking and preparing, and Mary just sat at the feet of Jesus, and, and, and Martha was getting frustrated because it seemed like she was doing all the work, and Mary was just sitting there visiting with Jesus. And Jesus said, Martha, You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. In that moment, Jesus actually commended Mary for choosing to slow down and connect instead of Martha, who was just busy, busy, busy doing stuff. Because Jesus knew the value of time. Jesus knew that love takes time and sometimes we have to be intentional because this time is just going to keep moving. So especially us dads in the room who just love being busy. We've got so many things to do. We've got our to-do lists and our tasks and our jobs and everything we do that keeps us busy throughout the day. And and if we're not careful, this time will, will just fly by. So what are we doing to be intentional with our time? I want to look at one specific interaction that took place in the life of Jesus this morning. Maybe it'll challenge us as dads. Maybe it'll challenge all of us as individuals here this morning. Matthew is one of the four guys who wrote about the life of Jesus. In Matthew 19, he tells the story this way. He says in verse 13, One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. Seems kind of strange because I always think that's a good thing, okay? If I was a parent, I was bringing my child to see Jesus. I wanted to pray for my child, bless my child. You'd think that would be a good thing. But the disciples, they've kind of taken it upon themselves to run interference for Jesus. They know he's an important, busy guy. His time is valuable. So they determine that Jesus just doesn't have time to mess with kids, okay? He's got far more important things to be busy doing. But we're going to discover here that Jesus is going to do something that no one would have expected. Jesus is going to demonstrate his love in this moment by taking time for these kids. Verse 14, Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. In a culture where kids weren't important, Jesus breaks the cultural norms and says, no, I want to spend some time with these children. I'm so glad he did that because despite being kind of a big deal, Jesus decides to show love by, by making time for kids that day. Don't you love it when you see something like that happen? I love hearing stories of celebrities or very important people who are very busy and, and they'll pause to, to interact with a child, maybe get a picture taken with a child. I love hearing stories like that. One of my favorites I, I read about online is of a, a family. They were out one day with their little girl and they happened to see a celebrity. It was Matthew Broderick, star of Ferris Bueller. And they were like, how awesome. So, so they're like, hey, can we get a picture of our daughter with you? So there he is. They're like, they're like, this is so cool. We're out and about. And here's Ferris Bueller. 
So they get this picture with their daughter. Now, the cool thing about this story is that Matthew Broderick wasn't alone that day. He was with a friend and this family were like, uh, can your friend just get out of the picture a bit? I want to get a picture with Ferris Bueller. So could your friend just kind of move out of the way? And, and this is the actual picture. There's his friend in the background. It's Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> that, you with a cat, can you just move out of the way? I want to get a picture with Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Unbeknownst to them that Jerry Seinfeld was also in the picture. I love that Jesus was willing to take time for the kids that day. Let the children come to me, he said. And he placed his hands on their heads and he blessed them before they left. As he lays his hands on them, Jesus is declaring that they have great value. The message Jesus is sending that day to the children, to the parents, to the crowd looking on, is that these children have great value. I I want to connect. Love takes time. I'm busy. I've got stuff to do. But I want to take time this morning to pray for and to bless these children. So how do we become more like Jesus? How can we be more intentional with our time? There's an author by the name of Shauna Nequist, and she says this. She says, it's very hard to be loved and connected to the people in your home when you're always bringing them your most exhausted self and resenting the fact that the scraps you're giving them just aren't cutting it. You see, every day we have a list of things that need doing, don't we? If you're a dad in the room this morning, there's always something he's doing. Changing the oil in the car, cutting the grass, washing the dishes, shopping for groceries. These are all good and important things. <laughs> Did you hear that? Like, as I said, shopping for groceries, I heard my wife laugh on the front row. I do. I pick up the groceries. You do that app thing and then I go and pick them up. <laughs> that counts. All right, maybe shopping for groceries was a stretch. But the other stuff, a lot of us dads do. These are important things. These are good things. These are ways that we can demonstrate love to our families. That was funny. But I think sometimes, especially if you're like me and you're task-oriented, you can choose these things and and there could be an opportunity to connect with the ones that we love and and we push that aside because we're so task-oriented. And I want to challenge us this morning that sometimes maybe we need to choose connection over completion. Maybe sometimes we just need to choose connection over completion. Maybe we should just let the errand go unfinished. Let the lawn go unmowed so that we can connect with the ones that we love. I know some of you know where I live. You drive by my house. You're like, he must really love his kids. (laughs) It's not that easy, is it? Especially if you've got all these things that need to be done. But sometimes choosing connection over completion can make such a difference, especially to the kids in our lives. So crazy story. Here's a real ironic story to illustrate just this point. So this week, uh, Emma, my daughter, she's 11, um, she decided that she was going to go with um, her grandparents up to Minneapolis. My brother-in-law plants a church in just outside of Minneapolis. We as a church helped start that church, Unlock Church in Maple Grove, Minnesota. And throughout the summer, for an outreach to reach families in their community, they're doing back-to-back kids camps and youth camps. It's a huge event in their city. It's making a massive difference in their city to reach people for Jesus. So Emma got really excited at the idea that she could ride up with grandma and grandpa and she could spend a week at one of these kids' camps with her cousins and her uncles and aunts. So she was all excited about it. We were talking about the logistics of how we would get there. And then suddenly, in the course of the conversation, she discovered that by leaving on Saturday, she was going to miss Father's Day. 
And she genuinely was struggling. She's like, Dad, I don't know if I want to be gone for Father's Day. And I knew how much she wants to go to the camp. So I said, baby, it's fine. You can go. I said, you make me feel special every day. So you, you, you make me feel like a great dad. So I, I don't mind. She goes, well, maybe we could celebrate Father's Day early. I was like, yeah, that'd be great. So I had a busy week. And I planned on Friday morning to finish off work on my message and just kind of really wrap it all up. And Friday morning we wake up and Casey was working that day and Emma said, well, today's the day we're going to celebrate Father's Day. I said, it is? She goes, yep. She goes, we've got to do something today because I won't be there on Sunday. So we need to do something today to celebrate Father's Day. I'm like, oh, Emma, I've got to work on my message today. She goes, well, I want to do something with you to celebrate Father's Day. Do you know how hard it is to try and explain to her that I couldn't connect with her as I had to complete my message which was all about choosing connection over completion. <laughs> I'm like, how? I? So I was like, you know what? Forget the message. So if it wasn't that good today, it's Emma's fault, not mine. <laughs> we went to Starbucks and we drank Frappuccinos and we took the dog and we just had a great morning together. But it's hard I, I, because in my mind, I can justify all the reasons why I'd love to spend time with you, Emma, but I've really got to get this done. I've got to get, and, and every one of us, we can come up with a list of reasons, but sometimes maybe we need just to be, be a bit more diligent and choose connection over completion. And then I think a second thing we can do this morning as dads, as mums, as grandparents, as siblings, all of us here who have relationships in our life, why don't we choose quality over quantity? Why don't we make the choice to choose quality over quantity? I came across an article this week. The author's name was Jen Hatmaker. And she was talking about just the challenges of being a parent and, and the pressure and the stress, and especially in this world of social media and Pinterest and Instagram and, and other parents and what they're up to. She said just in the article, she said, just this very morning, a mum posted on her son's birthday that she assembles a comprehensive time capsule, including items, photos, and products related to that particular year. She stores it in a set of antique trunks, and she plans to present them all to him on his 18th birthday as a tribute to his entire life. I know. I'm like, help. How am I ever going to parent if this is what I'm up against? This is the challenge, the pressure. And she talks about this in the article. She says, you know, when I was growing up, she talked about the idea that we're coming into summer and the kids are off school and we've got 12 weeks now to come up with quantity of things to do, trunks to be filled with treasures for our kids. She goes, you know what? When I was growing up, my mom used to put me outside, lock the door, and as long as I was home in time for supper, she was good. She goes, and I never felt neglected. I never felt unloved. And I think for some of us as parents now, we live in this kind of social media world where we're feeling that pressure to perform and to be the, the best parent possible. And the way we do that is we try to add stuff to the list. We try to build quantity. Well, I'll do as much as I can. We'll make as many trips as possible. We'll, we'll go to as many places. We'll get involved in as many activities. And all of those are fantastic. But the danger is that what we can do is we can sacrifice quality for quantity. And maybe the way we need to be intentional with our 23 hours and 39 minutes that we have left is to say, you know, I can't fill every one of those minutes. So I'm going to choose to fill some of those minutes and make it some quality time. There's an author by the name of Gary Chapman. You may have heard of him. He's written a book called Five Love Languages. One of those love languages is quality time. And he talks about it this way. He talks about a mother rolling a ball to her two-year-old son. 
And he explains that it really is only quality time if her attention is undivided. If she's talking on the phone or watching the news, she may be spending quantity time, but it's not quality time. Quality time is not the activity itself, but the emotions that are created between the mother and the child. So quality time isn't just being with your kids, being with your loved ones. Quality time is the the intentionality to engage during that time. I'm not just present, I'm actually engaged. Quality conversation looks like this, taking time to share thoughts, feelings, desires in a friendly, uninterrupted context. Quality listening looks like not trying to fix each other's problems, but just taking time to be fully present, to listen, to understand someone else's perspective. Quality activities, again, doesn't really matter what you're doing, it's about taking that time to do it together. Because love does by being intentional and love takes time. I love the example. I love that this isn't just something that we, we're, we're teaching because it was taught by prophets in the Bible. This was something that was demonstrated by Jesus himself. He was a very important, busy person. Hundreds of people he could see and minister to and teach and And yet, he chose in that moment to take time for those children. And I think it was for several reasons. Number one, he wanted those children never to forget that moment that they had with Jesus. I think he wanted those crowds to realize that in a culture where children weren't considered important, what he was doing right there was sending a message that I think these children are important. And I think he knew that 2,000 years later, we would be battling time. Time that, not like a Saturday morning detention, seems to drag by so slowly, but time that just flies by way too quickly. And maybe when it comes to love does, we've got to think, how can I be intentional to make sure that in the 23 hours and 36 minutes i got left, I choose to use that time connecting, maybe instead of completing, in quality instead of quantity. As we wrap up this Love Does series, I hope and pray that, um, I'll be honest with you, every week I prepare this stuff and my wife sits right here in the front row to keep me accountable. I I prepare this stuff and literally as I'm speaking, I'm thinking I should do more of that. (laughs) I hope and pray that God has been challenging you because he loves you so much. And if you've not yet discovered that relationship with God yourself, he is His love is so great for you. And he would love a relationship with you. It's simply a case of turning your attention and just um, acknowledging him, acknowledging Jesus, asking Jesus to be a part of your life. Here at Connect, we have many people who have made that decision to become what we call followers of Jesus. People who decide to follow Jesus in their lives. Because I don't think we've got the strength to love if it was just up to us. But when we go to God who is love, he can help us be intentional in the way that we spend our time loving others, loving our kids, loving our spouses, loving one another because we can tap into the source that is love itself. I'm gonna pray and then right after I pray, Andy's gonna come up. He's got some instructions about the rest of today so don't rush off as soon as I'm done. But Father, we love you so much. And we are just amazed, God, that you are love. Not that you model love, you teach love, you explain what love is. You are love. 
So whether it comes to serving one another, embracing one another, speaking words of love to one another, connecting, taking time for one another, we can find the resources for all of that in you. So help us, Lord, to become a people that would be known because love does in their lives. We want to be intentional in doing that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.